Hello, and welcome to the Bad Pipes Podcast. I am your host, Gregory Kelly. And uh, I'm your host, Andrew Weaver. Today, it's just and the two wise trees. Again, yeah. Um, Tom is Tom's on a, a streak of just missing the show. Yeah, permanent guest Tom, bailing for football. He has been downgraded to temporary guest, I suppose. Occasional guest. Occasional, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe we find some new people. Bring them in. What if we get Matt? What if, I, what if we got our legendary friend Matt, world citizen Matt, who we quit teaching because he wanted to work at Olive Garden? Uh, he's, he's doing other things now. He's in school. Oh, shit. Yeah, he's he's uh, in school for graphic design. So, hey, maybe wow. one day, maybe one day he can design us some merch and logos and shit. Yeah, maybe if he's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All news. right. So, first big piece of news. Uh, okay. I feel like this is my biggest piece of news, so I just want to hop into it because it's Disney related. CNBC did a tell-all article about the Disney CEO succession issues. Um, a, a key component of it was arguing over a shower? Question mark. <laughs> shower um, in the office, man. They gotta have the shower in the office. So, the article, which I think was nearly twelve thousand words, so it's quite a freaking article. If you want to read through the whole thing. Um, but it basically detailed how Bob Iger from like 2013 and then like twice in 2017 and just like kept renewing his contract despite saying that he had no intention of doing that. Yeah. And then, and then 2020 happens and two months Wait, into 2020. What happened in goes, 2020? I don't know if you've uh, heard of this, but a little disease went around. It was called covid I have not. I've not heard of the COVID. Yeah, I've never gotten it, so I'm I'm kind of a special boy. I, I fucking I had it like two, three weeks ago. <laughs> for the for the third fucking time. Yeah. Well, some of us are clean, and the rest of us are dirty little boys who need to wash our hands. I'm a I'm a dirty little boy. <laughs> I don't uh, even know. I I I was I I thought I got it from the concert I went to. But literally, the other four people I went to that concert with did not get it or have any issues with it. So I just, I don't know. Well, that doesn't really matter because the other dirty little boy is uh, Bob Iger, who bequotedly lived for those two shower days. Um, he refused <laughs> to give up the CEO suite to Bob Chapek, who was the new CEO. Yeah. Because the old CEO... Eisner had installed a shower in the CEO suite. So it had a shower and a shaving vanity. My thing is like for for what like why? That's that is so else. over the top. Just install another shower in another freaking office. You, you know You're what? Disney, you're made have of you, money. Have you ever watched Silicon Valley? Yeah. So Yep, I just watched through it with Casey for the first time. It definitely gives me, like, for some reason, it gives me, like, the same kind of, like, all the, like, CEO 
CEOs in Silicon Valley it gives me those kinds of vibes. It's just like the random, over the top shit that they pull or like try to do, and just like fighting over dumb shit, like an office with a shower in it. Yeah, I mean fully, one hundred percent. It's also worth noting that uh, there's a pretty prominent little news kind of channel called WDW Pro, which is Walt Disney World Pro. Um, they basically only do Disney news and because things have just been like completely negative for the most part, mm-hmm. I'm going to say outright, they're definitely one of those groups that are like anti-woke and if that's going to irk you, then don't go listen to them. But yeah. they're doing a, a video series kind of specifically on this article where not only do they quote the article a bunch but they also will bring in other sources to like okay. corroborate what the article has said yeah um and that's been pretty interesting so far because the way what they're essentially alleging is that bob Iger never had any intention of handing over the ceo ship uh he just wanted to install an interim guy who could take the fall for him whenever disney inevitably uh flatlined during covid mm-hmm. Uh, so that he could eventually step back into the CEO position. Um, and even the CNBC article goes through and is like, it's insane that Bob Iger was at every twist and turn in the story trying to sabotage Chapek. <laughs> and it just comes across as so petty. And the article is really interesting, too, because they will say who did or did not uh, elect to, like, speak with them, right? Yeah. Um, but then they'll mention these conversations, which were like, oh, that evening, Bob Iger had a conversation with his wife. And you're like, well, if Bob Iger isn't the one talking about this, and only two people knew about this conversation... And the article doesn't say that his wife, whose name, by the way, is Willow Bay. Willow uh, Bay. Yeah. Crazy name. Uh, that's like the most California name. I don't know. Apparently, she's from Pennsylvania, though, because she went to University of Pennsylvania with a, a member of the Disney Board of Directors, huh. which is another thing they article alleges is that like Iger stacked the board of directors so that he pretty much had free control could do whatever he wanted with the company. Yeah. Um, It's why he was able to institute the CEO succession plan that they went with, with JPEG. Hmm. Um, Yeah. So I highly recommend reading that article. If you thought that Disney was a company that had a plan, you will very quickly start to feel like, oh no, these are just children playing with very large sums of money. (laughs) Yeah. And arguing over a fucking office with a shower. That's the. It it really feels that way. Yeah. No, that, hearing that, I'm like, first of all, that's such a such a fucking luxury. Like you're you're there to do a fucking job, and you're fighting over the luxury of having a shower in your office. 
go the fuck home. Like, go home and take a shower if you gotta take a shower. Do your fucking job. Eventually, Chapek did get the office, and they have a quote of Iger being like, uh, see, I told you he wouldn't even use the shower, because Chapek doesn't use the shower. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I love that. I respect that. So really, it's Bob Iger here who is just like... Coming across as incredibly petty. Yeah, because uh, WDW Pro, they go through and they're like, "Uh, what choices did Chapek make while he was CEO of Disney that were fully 100% his decisions that ultimately led to a foul outcome for the company? Yeah. None. (laughs) All of the political nonsense with Disney and the state of Florida was instigated by Bob Iger. Uh, Chapek did everything he could, even up to uh, putting out a company policy being like, the company should stay apolitical because whenever companies involve themselves in politics it doesn't change anything and it's typically bad for the company yeah and then you look at what disney disney stock price is now it's fallen nearly a hundred dollars in like three years and it only ever topped out at like i think 180 or something like that you're looking at nearly decade-long lows for disney stock that it's dropping lower than now. So. And I'm like, my thing is like, I don't even think, part of it could be the political stuff and them getting involved in this like shitting contest with Ron DeSantis, who's also a piece of shit. But I I feel like it's also just because, and we're definitely going to get into this later with Ahsoka, is I feel like everything they are putting out, and and, uh, again, Ahsoka is probably like the first Disney thing I've watched since I attempted to watch fucking Obi-Wan. Uh, everything feels so uninspired. It feels so... I I did... We'll, we'll get into it when we get to Ahsoka, but I just feel like it, they're just releasing trash after just, just complete garbage all the time. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. Uh, to move on from this uh, the only other big piece of news I have was that Warner Bros has started to force majeure which we had talked about probably Mm -hmm. a month ago Yeah. um, producers so Bad Robot and Mindy Kaling Uh, Bad Robot if you don't know is J.J. Abrams company Uh, Mindy Kaling is the one responsible for the abomination which was Velma Uh, oh god yeah their deals have been uh quote not canceled end quote but and definitely definitely suspended yeah so uh do you remember back whenever covid started and people were like seeing deer in the street because people weren't driving around as much so deer were just like getting more wily uh yeah this is kind of the same thing where people were like see nature's healing itself uh, me seeing these force majeure things are like, look, Hollywood's healing itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's um, all I've got, though. That's all I want to talk about. Um, I do have a couple things. Uh, I'll actually start with one I didn't mention in our pre-recording talks. Uh, did you see the big report that came out about uh, big controversial paid reviews on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, yeah, I did see that. 
Yeah, I was going to say that 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 could be a good one we could go into. But yeah, I I did I didn't delve too far into it, but I do know that people were saying yeah, apparently there was a uh, what was it? Some large company or some company that was paying like fifty dollars for a positive review, fifty dollars per positive review uh, for for random TV Just shows so and movies to sell your soul for. If you're like- yeah a quote verified reviewer on rotten tomatoes you know yeah well to to be fair this one says bunker 15 pays them 50 dollars or more so they could be getting i'm sure the the bigger the production probably the more money the the pr company has to put into getting these positive reviews but yeah pretty shady shit going on there since that came out though uh, i do know that rotten tomatoes has removed a bunch of that company's movies um, Good. The one that kept getting mentioned, and I saw in articles, was Ophelia, starring mm. Daisy Ridley. Yeah. Uh, when it came out, it only had like a forty percent from reviewers, and then this company came in, paid enough reviewers to bump the critis- critical score up above sixty to give the movie a fresh. That's insane. Yeah. Well, mm. people weren't watching it to begin with because it was a, one of those goofy, like, oh, we're going to retell the Hamlet story, but from Ophelia's point of view. And you're like, yeah. hey, ding dong, Ophelia's point of view is in Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> Idiots. Um, yeah. Speaking of reviews, the consensus is in on One Piece. Uh, so I think I, I initially reported to you it ha- had like 18 and a half million views in its first week. Um, the second week numbers are in and people were the, the, the second week was kind of like going to be the tell all like uh, how are the, are the numbers going to hold up or is viewership going to drop way off on top of our viewers watching the first episode finishing the entire series. And Numbers sound good. It sounds like the majority of people who started it finished it. Uh, uh, the viewership for the second week is up from 18.5 million to 19.3 million. Yeah. Um, so now total 37.8 million total views since it uh, premiered on August 31st. So in two weeks, 13 point, or 37.8 million views. Um, I, I fuck ton of, I think it's like 200 something million hours watched. Uh, so yeah, that resulted in today. One piece getting one piece live action, getting renewed for a second season. Um, yeah, not surprising whenever you hear how kindly everyone was talking about it. Yep. It did. It did really well. Um, I, I believe I read it's the fastest Netflix series to get renewed for a second season or for a new season. Um, Two weeks, yeah. Because I think the I think the second fastest was some other show that got got renewed within 17 days. Um, but I think one of the biggest things I, I or one of the most interesting things I saw was the show creator talking about they've already essentially got a preliminary script for season two done. Like it's already like pretty much ready to like kind of get started on production or uh, filming. Um, and then on top of that, they Once said they strike start stop. Then uh, I guess they can get to work on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I know uh, I was reading. Apparently, they have already talked about um, that. They already have kind of have an outline for six seasons. Should it continue to do well, um, they've already kind of outlined how they're going to do six seasons. 
the show creator says he, with all of the content they have, uh, he could see it being a 12-season series, at least, because obviously the anime and the manga are still going. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think it all just hinges on how well it continues to do. Like, you know, it, we'll see if it can, can, you know, maintain the base and everything going to second season. But no, it's I think it's nice to see an uh, live action anime adaptation actually finally have some sort of success. Um, I just I think it goes back to I think they've done everything right. Um, and then uh, the the last thing I do want to say is I'm pulling for the fan casting. Uh, there's like a... The second season is going to cover one of the arcs uh, where they have like an old lady doctor. Um, I was not aware of this, but apparently uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is a huge... Not a huge, but she is a One Piece fan. She is aware. She knows about it. Uh, she's actually friends with the voice actor for one of the characters in that arc. Uh, and she has... I believe it was like in an Oscars interview. She mentioned people were saying she should play that role and she's actually down to, I don't know if they can afford her with the budget. Um, but yeah, I, I think she'd be great to have it. I think the fans agree. So be kind of cool. All right. Enough beaming. Let's talk about future world. Oh God. So your friend recommended Future World to us. Not to be confused with Future World, which was the sequel, the 78 sequel to the old Westworld movie. Um, but Future World, uh, I don't know what the... Hold on, let me pull up the cast real quick here. All right, the main kid <laughs> is played by Jeffrey Wahlberg. I don't think he's related to the other... Famous actor family of Wahlbergs. Yeah. <laughs> um, the bigger names in this are James Franco, Mila Jovovich, and Lucy Liu. Yeah. James Franco also directed it or co directed it. Oh, I guess um, we should also mention that Method Man and Snoop Dogg are in here. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I, I, I do recall, because I think I, I watched it on Amazon. So like, I was pausing it every now and then. And I'd see just like, yeah, in this scene, Method Man. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um yeah. Uh I absolutely fucking hated this movie. <laughs> yeah. This movie was like a 45 minute student film that yeah. had 30 minutes. So hold on. It was what like an hour 20, I think. Yeah, hour 28. So Um but by the way, um Jeffrey Wahlberg is the nephew of Mark Wahlberg. Holy moly! He apparently, look anything like him. I know. Yeah, apparently, according to according to IMDb, it says relatives: Mark Wahlberg, aunt or uncle; Donnie Wahlberg, aunt or uncle. Oh shit! All right, I was so, wrong. I was wrong. Jeffrey he Wahlberg is, is one of the Wahlbergs. Go to Wahlburgers. See his that, picture on the wall. That was a nepotism hire right there. <laughs> oh, also, uh, we had Lucy Liu uh, as the queen. Yeah, I did not like the names in this no neither did i, I uh, honestly i didn't like anything about it do you know what the, th the 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 one thing i liked about this was what in the opening scene where you have um you have warlord you have james franco and his crew roll up and they're, they're just like capping this old dude and there's like a kid with him did you catch where they literally just grab the kid by like the ankles and swing him into a fucking like like pipe or some shit yeah 
Yeah, they swing at I, you like one of those steel eye beams. I fucking lost my shit. That shit was so funny. I was like, this is, that that was like, it just felt so out of the blue. Like they literally just grab him and like he was nothing. Just swing him into the pole and he's gone. Yeah, this movie does everything it can to make James Franco's character come across as this like real villainous kind of guy, but it's James Franco. <laughs> and you just never really take him seriously. My thing was the way he was talking too. I, I get he's trying to like do I don't know. It's like his mannerisms and like the teeth, him like trying to like I don't know. It, he was doing something weird with his like. It's almost like a lisp or something. Yeah, I. There were also so many just repeated scenes of his character riding on a motorcycle with a close-up on his stupid skull mask with horns on it. And, like, maybe they were all different scenes, but, like, you get basically the same shot, like, seven or eight times in the movie. Mm -hmm. It, It legitimately, if they cut this thing down to 40 minutes, it might have been a good little, like, short film. But because it's an hour 20... You've got like 40 minutes of filler and that filler is just like uh, fade away from a close-up of the kid's face onto a picture of a boat. Then fade away from the picture of the boat back onto the kid's face. Then show a scene of the kid walking through the desert and you're like, what the (laughs) fuck, man? Like, come on. (laughs) Like, Uh. towards the end, like the third act, I guess you could say, like, towards the end of the movie i was like get to the fucking point that's there was just so it felt like you could have condensed this into like a 30 minute tv episode i feel like yeah there was so much random bullshit nonsense um also the color contacts they use for the the uh, uh, cyborg for our, our ai robot woman are garbage yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like that they went with like a heterochromia thing either. Yeah, that it was just weird. Um, Snoop Dogg was all right. S- Snoop Dogg was okay. I honestly yeah. think his portrayal was like the only realistic sort of thing in this yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, he's just a uh, some. He's I, playing I feel, a pimp. <laughs> yeah. No, really. Uh, some of the stuff in the movie felt very egregious though like them shooting like and i'm thinking of this the entire time i'm just like yeah james franco filmed this and like what were like why why was he going so over the top with some of the stuff and it's just like uh, i don't well, know it felt classless it felt like a music video uh yeah honestly like the violence whenever the uh, the warlord shows up to the drug lord's place at the end of the movie just felt like a, a music video where it's like, oh, we're going to have the camera follow this character as they like walk through and stab six people. And then like, uh, then we'll switch to the other character and we'll follow them. And then eventually they meet and they fight, you know, yeah. and like none of it's particularly realistic. Like, he shoots Mila Jovovich in the chest, in the center of her chest, from, like, eight feet away. I don't care what caliber that bullet is. That's going through her spine. Yeah. At that close, at that range. Yeah. 
and she's just like not phased by it whatsoever which they try to say in the movie is because of like the drug she's on but then he like shoots her in the head and you're like okay so all of that was pointless really yeah um, um yeah I, th- I think it's it's worth mentioning Rotten Tomatoes no one definitely no one paid to have any good reviews added in for this one <laughs> because it has a zero percent from critics Audi- <laughs> Uh, audience score audience score is a 12 percent oh my god nobody liked this movie this movie was dude i almost texted you after i was done watching it to be like (laughs) why the fuck did your friend tell you to like watch this this is so bad it's so funny because he and i had this conversation and he goes i didn't recommend you to watch this he's saying i just wanted to say like like this movie tried to do like a Mad Max sort of like vibe or like theming to it, and he's like, "Yeah, the movie's fucking garbage." Okay, if he did not explicitly say that, like, don't watch it; it's trash, right? <laughs> yeah. Then he, he did. He did you and I a disservice. <laughs> he didn't actually say don't watch it; it's trash. He just said I didn't actually recommend it. He said it's pretty garbage, but like he was like, it's still kind of like funny. I don't know. I it's, it's I, not though. Like there's nothing that's funny in this. I the only thing that's funny is the kid getting ragdolled into the fucking pipe. <laughs> yeah, I did get like, a good laugh out of that. But no, it else, man. Yeah. This movie the closest thing you can do to being like, "Oh, you know what? This was actually a half decent aspect of the movie is like some of the cinematography." Yeah. But then whoever did the edit absolutely fucked you over because you're sick of the cinematography after 40 minutes yeah it's just so bad horrendously bad like poorly acted uh poorly written the plot is just contrivances the robot girl decides on a whim to be like i'm not gonna follow orders now and then she gets stabbed and that's a whole thing and then at the end of the movie again she suddenly is following orders. Like, stop. Yeah. And then there, the, nothing, the, nothing, nothing made sense of this fucking movie. Yeah, like, literally, if it had just been like, you had a scene where the main character found the little like voice command box thing that Franco had the whole movie, and was mm-hmm. like, I command you not to follow any of these commands. I command you to do whatever you want. Like something like along those lines to make it like give you some leeway for like oh that's why she can disobey the commands now right yeah but they it would don't. make it would make so much more sense no instead they go i'm a robot with a soul so i don't have to listen to my programming <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's uh, dude it's it's just it's so bad um yeah, uh, I I will give it a 0. 0.5 out of 10. I'm just going to give it 0 out of 10. Don't fucking watch this movie. It's trash. Yeah, definitely don't watch this movie. I, I, I would say maybe look up the beginning scene where the kid gets ragged on the pipe <laughs> if you want a good laugh. I looked for a, I looked for a gif of it just because like, I want to have that gif on hand. You can't even find the gif of it. This movie is just so unpopular. It's not even like gifable it's not even like gif worthy yeah no one cares about this movie 
which is crazy because I like Mila Jovovich, right? I like the cheesy, mm-hmm. campy B-movie type things that she usually does. But this isn't even that. This isn't like... This is a yeah. student art film that was bad. Just fully yeah. bad. Oh, yeah. I'm and looking like, at her like... I'm looking at her filmography. She's been in so many bad movies. <laughs> She's yeah. got so many rotten movies on here. It's funny. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's great. Um, Someone's got to do it. Yeah, zero out of ten. Do not watch this. Uh... Let's move on to Equilibrium, because Equilibrium was a movie that did not do well in box office when it came out. Pretty sure it's considered a flop. It yeah, it has a forty percent from critics on Rotten Tomato. It does have an eighty-one percent from audience, and guess what? I will side with the audience on this one. I love this fucking movie. Ooh, brother! Budget twenty million, box office five point three million. Yeah, it's a big flop. Wah wah. <laughs> But again, I love I loved this. I loved this movie from start to finish. I think the issue most people would take with this is that it's incredibly derivative. Um, the world building is basically uh, Fahrenheit 451 and Brave New World mashed mm-hmm. together, yep. and then they went. Uh, let's see, it's 2002. You know what was really popular was those Matrix movies. Let's put our hero that is in a leather trench coat and have him do Kung Fu. And then someone else in the room went, what if instead of Kung Fu, he did it with guns and we called it Gun Fu? And then everyone else clapped. <laughs> I do. I love it. Um, no, yeah. It, <laughs> so... It's funny you said that because, um, so I kind of, I've been keeping Casey updated on like what we're watching. She just kind of like wants to know what we've been watching, what we talk about, like what we're looking at for the week. It's like, I was explaining to her, like kind of the premise of this movie. And she literally goes like, Hey, that sounds like Fahrenheit 451. Yeah. I know. I mean, yeah, yeah. That, that, uh, a brand new world. Yeah. The matrix. I definitely get like matrix vibes from it. I also kind of like, weirdly, I was looking at the, um, like the trooper guys, and I was like, this feels very like kind of like Star Wars Stormtrooper-ish with these like just all black, like these dudes like all black with these black helmets. Mm-hmm. Um kind of I mean it it generally just like a authoritarian government sort of thing, like the Empire it kind of is in Star Wars. Um Yeah. No, I I fucking I mean, yeah, super campy, but I fucking loved this movie. Yeah. Um, I mean Christian Bale, solid performance. Sean Bean, solid performance. Uh, he di- died like he always fucking does. <laughs> of course. Um, spoilers, spoilers, sorry. Spoilers for anyone who hasn't watched it. Tay Diggs, who plays Brant. Uh, yep. Good. Very, like, villainy kind of villain, you know? Yeah. Um, Sean Pertwee, who plays Father. William Fitchner, Jürgen. who plays Jürgen. Yeah. Um, I don't know, because like I get why people would review it poorly, but it's mm-hmm. also just like sort of fun. Yeah, no, I had I had a great time with it. 
again, I say I loved it. I loved it for what it is. Yeah. Um, it's not like one of my top all-time favorite movies. It just was like really kind of like a fun, stupid movie. Yeah. Like it's so over the top with the shit he's doing. Like the way he's literally just like, no one in their right mind is, or no one can be trained to shoot a gun like that from every angle. Uh, in yeah, the dark. I love that that's how they try to fucking justify it too, is they're like, oh, we've scientifically created this fighting style to like find every fucking angle to shoot someone from. And you're like, just fucking shoot them. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, God. There is that one scene though that's like, it's a blacked out room and then like the only lighting for the scene is the muzzle flashes from the gun. That's mm -hmm. a cool scene. Oh, yeah. I feel like that and uh, the like sword fight where doesn't Tay Diggs' character just like get his face cut off? Yeah, yeah. Just like right fucking slides end. off, and you're like, oh, okay. Yep. Um, so yeah, because yeah, you're like, you're watching him swing the sword around. He like cuts, like cuts through his like coat to like cut his holster, like his holstered guns out of his coat, and then like you see him like sl like like slide the sword down his face or whatever. You're just like sitting there waiting, and he like turns and he still has his face, and then just slides off. <laughs> so stupid <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i don't know i really don't have much else to say about this like because like the acting's fine the mm -hmm. plot is fine it is like i said a little bit derivative in its world building and plot but mm -hmm. um there's nothing like overwhelmingly bad about the movie there's just not enough of it, like, done in a smart, intelligent, or, like, subverting expectations kind of way for you to be like, yeah, this is an exceptional movie. Like, it's just, it fits in with a lot of those, like, 2000 sci-fi movies that were just, like, really clean-looking movies about uh, oppressive science fiction overlord uh, authoritarian government, you know? Like, yeah. 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 It's almost a movie that you expect Tom Cruise to show up in. If that makes sense. No. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. Um, I feel I, like just being realistic here seven out of ten from me i i was literally gonna say seven out of ten like it's i don't a, think it's low enough for me to be like it's a it's a c it's a c it's a c it's a c movie yeah i agree yeah should we get to the real meat and potatoes uh full yeah. spoiler ahsoka talk yeah. All right. Let's do it. If you don't want spoilers about Ahsoka, then uh, just leave. Get out of here. Don't listen. Uh, that <laughs> said, stick around. <laughs> listen. <laughs> um. All right. So you watched through all of this like today, right? 
I did. I watched every episode. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I watched everything today. I watched Future World. <laughs> I watched Equilibrium. And I watched all five episodes of Ahsoka today. I... It's all I did fresh the Lazy me. Boy version of this. I I only watched Future World today. Um, <laughs> I didn't watch Equilibrium again just because it's like cemented in my head because of how many yeah. times I've seen it. Yeah. Um. Shut up. Ahsoka, though, I've been like keeping up with. Yeah. You hear her fucking squeaking that? <laughs> God damn it. A uh, cameo cameo from Ash, which uh, Ash, is also the name of the robot. From uh, I, I was I was about to bring that up. Every time they said that name, uh, she was laying on the couch with me while I was watching this, and she would just kind of like half-heartedly look at the TV when it said her name. Yeah. So not even enough to get my dog to pay attention. <laughs> uh, okay, Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Episode one. How'd you feel about it? Stupid. Stupid. It was fucking boring. It was boring. I don't know. I, I know I brought up to you the fucking road thing. I, I I don't even think it was necessarily th that I was just like, yeah, this is stupid. She's on a fucking hover. Like, what is this road that just ends into nothing, like a field? Yeah, it's like we have a highway that leaves the city to go to a broadcasting station? Question yeah. mark? Yeah. Um, An interplanetary signal relay, maybe? Yeah. No, and for no some idea. reason, Sabine lives there? Yeah. So, uh, I think a lot of my issue was, like, especially in that scene, the dialogue was just fucking stupid. It felt childish. Um, yeah. Like, she's, like, like talking the to the up. pilot. You know, she's talking to the yeah. pilot. The pilot's like, yeah, they're doing the awards ceremony, and you're not there, and she's, she's, like, trying to act, like, too cool. And it's like, you're just trying too hard to, like, I don't know. It felt... It felt forced. It felt childish and stupid. Yeah. Whenever we kind of talked about this before, I think that was the first scene where I was like, why are they trying so hard to make me like this character? Right? Because if yeah. you've seen Rebels, then you already know who the character is. They don't need to try. Yeah. And if this is your first introduction to the character, you're just going to think that they're kind of like a petulant like kid in a woman's body. You know, yeah, um, and hey, I feel like that's how she comes across. Before we continue on, um, I have a quick question for you. Yeah, um, would you, in a world with aliens, would you fuck an alien? Uh, a Twi'lek? Because General Sindula in yes. this, a Twi'lek, yes. I'm, that's what I'm saying, dude. I I was like, I I, I sat there. And I thought that I was like, what's well, also Mary? What is it, Mary Elizabeth, Elizabeth Winstead? Yeah, Mary Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, I mean, 
she's hot. Yeah. I I don't like the my thing is like contacts for her though. I yeah, I don't like yeah, I don't like the color contacts for anyone. I don't even like them for Ahsoka. Yeah, I don't they, know why they they're like jarring on doing that. Yeah, they look yeah. stupid. Um, no, it's not even about Mary Elizabeth Winston. Like, like if it's gonna happen, it has like it has to be General Sindul. Like, like I need it full full costume. The yeah, alien. I was gonna shoot uh, straight with you. Playing the old Republic MMO, most uh-huh. of the female characters I made were Twi'leks. Twi'leks, yeah. But, Fair. Uh, There's I something about them, you know. Blue. I always made mine the bright red. Fair. Yeah. Maybe that's why I. In that deep, in the Baldur's Gate game we were playing, was I playing a, a female tiefling? Yeah. 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 I think I was, and I'm pretty sure she was red. She was like the bright yeah. red. Yeah. Yeah. Red girls. <laughs> <laughs> that's like just a thing for you, you know. I. Uh, if you're gonna fuck a monster, one that looks like a human with horns is not a. I'm the legitimately, I'm the guy that would have been like, oh no, a succubus. <laughs> Don't kiss me. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. No, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you're stealing my life. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Um, no, first episode I thought was, eh, yeah, it, like it, I get, I get it. It set things up. I got to meet, I got to meet, uh, uh, Bay, Baylin, Baylon, Baylin, Baylin, skull, skull. Yeah. And then Shin Haiti, Shin Haiti, uh, who I don't like, you don't like she Shin? bugs me. I don't know. Yeah. She bugs me for some reason. Just like her portrayal. Um, yeah, I think it's the fact that they decided they need to give, they needed to give her like full makeup and eyeshadow while she's like out and about doing her thing. I kind of, I, um, I've liked her character so far. I, they just haven't done anything with her, which is so frustrating. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the issue for like the first four episodes is you're sitting there like, do something, go somewhere, do something with these characters. But your first three episodes, all you really see is the good guys like bickering with each other. Oh, you weren't there for me. Uh, y- you weren't exactly there for me either. And you're like, shut up, go do something. <laughs> and then you just don't get enough of the bad guys. Yeah. And then you get to episode four and they apparently kill Merrick off, Merrick or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. And he's a like spooky dark side ghost. Which you're like, is this supposed to be an homage to Darth Nihilus from KOTOR 2? Like, I I legitimately don't know. Uh, yeah. If they don't bring his freaking character back and do more with him, it's going to be a severely disappointing moment because what was he? What was he doing? How? Why is he using this, like, Inquisitor lightsaber that we've seen in other things before? Mm-hmm. Um how like it's almost yeah. the the stupid uh mystery box thing where it's like oh just give people an interesting character and then we'll like give them a book later on or something like that but no you introduced him in this show 
he needs his backstory explained in this show to some degree to explain why he's not just like a dude in an armor set you know he's a fucking ghost yeah um straight up i'm i've been fine with shin so far probably because she hasn't had a lot to say uh the dumbest thing they do with her is episode three i believe whenever they have been like shooting ahsoka ship uh bang 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 okay we couldn't do it so now we're turning the turbo lasers on her bang 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 uh ahsoka and the robot are like oh we got the information we needed and then boom uh they blow an engine or something and then like ahsoka goes i'm gonna go outside oh yeah don't go outside and then she's like reflecting uh cannon fire basically with her lightsabers as she like dances around on the the wing of the ship and you're like you know i might have forgiven this in animation but because it's live action i expect it to be taken more seriously Mm -hmm. and it just does not translate to live action um yeah in live action a fighter pilot would have just Pulled up, dropped into a fucking, literally just stopped, and then like blown the fucking ship up. You know, like they're not firing back at you. You don't need to shoot at Ahsoka. You can literally blow holes in the other side of the ship. They don't have shields up. Uh, shoot the fucking engine. There's like a million other things you can do than try to shoot Ahsoka off the wing. Yeah, and it it does not make sense. Yeah, I thought that was stupid. Um, like, Star Wars is supposed to be a military story, right? Yeah. Uh, you get this, like, almost suicide attempt trench run in the Death Star to send a proton torpedo down the exhaust port. Uh, Empire opens with a ground assault on a planet because the planet has a shield generator that prevents you from orbital bombardment. Yeah. Like, it's all smart. The The rebels on Hoth don't, like, win that fight. Mm-hmm. They manage to escape. That's it. They're in yep. disarray. <laughs> There's just, like they don't think about that anymore. Like, I don't think they have anyone writing Star Wars now who's like a history buff, right? Who's like, oh, it'd be really cool to see like some version of the, just throwing a name out here, like the Battle of Thermopylae in Star Wars, right? Like, how would you do that? Uh, Which we've kind of seen with like Clone Wars before, you know, where it's like, oh, yeah, you'll have like a small group of clones hold off a massive droid army and like that kind of stuff happens. But there are other battles that you can pull from like Waterloo where shit was just crazy or uh, I mean, damn, dude, like just about any battle in World War Two is worth studying. Yeah. Um, and you see the fights and things in these shows now, and, and 
it literally just boils down to uh run at them shooting uh whenever you get there punch them uh if the punching isn't working then shoot them again and then like someone will pull a knife or have a lightsaber and they'll just be like reflecting shots and stabbing people yeah and it like it's just boring now you know Mm -hmm. yeah um I don't know. I feel like a lot of... So I feel like episodes... Like, episode one had a lot of setup. Uh, we're doing the whole map thing, whatever. Two and three, I felt, were really forgettable. Yeah. Um, And then you hit four and five. Yeah. And four <sighs> actually starts to build some momentum. And you're like, oh, maybe they're gonna do better now. And they still do like really silly things in that that episode. Yeah. Like, oh, we've got the ship surrounded. Here, let me start over. Uh, they land the ship and they're like, oh, the map and whatnot is 15 clicks away. They start getting ready to go get the map. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, instead of doing that, they're like talking and whatnot. And Hu Yang is like fixing the ship, which is fine. Um, but they don't do anything until the mercs and the droids show up and then they're like oh man bang 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 fight 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 and then like they win mm-hmm. and then they decide to go try to get the freaking map and you're yeah. like why did you wait so long like why are you only leaving now that you guys have been attacked mm-hmm and it's it's frustrating. Yeah. But then they get there and you have a little bit of dialogue between Ray Stevenson who carried that episode fully. Yep. He basically yep. carries every episode he's in. Uh, I was going to say yeah, he's carrying the series, I feel yeah. like. I mean, he's the only one with like true gravitas. Mhm. Um Swanning Ahsoka off the side was good, I think. Um, Sabine's actions in that episode make no sense whatsoever. Your master's dying words and you're going to ignore them. And you're, I guess, telling us that Ezra means more to her than Ahsoka does. I mean, because like that doesn't really tell you anything else about the character except that she's like fickle and not to be trusted with anything Mm -hmm. important. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's where episode four ends. Uh, five picks up with where four leaves off, which is Ahsoka in the world between worlds. Um, yeah, yeah, at the end of episode four, she ends up in the world between worlds. She ends up on this, she ends up on the rainbow bridge talking to fucking Anakin. Whose CGI to make him look younger is absolute fucking garbage. Okay, I'm glad I'm not alone in that. He looks he looks like an old like does not look good. His mouth looks like it's drooping. Yeah. Like he he looks like he has so much loose skin, like he does not look like Hayden Christensen from the prequel trilogy. Yeah. You, I feel like you could have done so much better I mean, with that. He definitely looks better in this episode than he looked at the end of episode four. 
Because the little shot yeah, of him yeah. at the end of episode four looks really bad. That one looked really bad. And then there were like, it, there were just some moments in like the dialogue between him and Ahsoka, young Ahsoka, uh, like on the battlefield and stuff where I'm just looking at him and I'm like, yeah, like I, something about him just doesn't, it just looks off. Like he doesn't look as young as he should be here. He looks older than he does in episode three and he's supposed to be younger for sure. Yeah. It really makes you wish that, um, I mean, there are aspects of those like live action Clone Wars scenes that are actually pretty good, right? Like him mm. in the armor, uh, essentially being like, yeah. And whenever I began my training, the Jedi were peacekeepers, uh, yeah. me beginning your training, we are warriors. Uh, the Jedi have to change to fit the times that they're in. I think that's fine. And it also brings into question, like, what is a Jedi Knight? Why do you call them Jedi Knights? Mm -hmm. Because Knights historically were warriors, scholars. Uh, typically, they were noblemen. Mm -hmm. um, if they weren't, then they were men who were raised from the common populace by deeds. Yeah. Uh, and their their true function was in times of war to lead. Yeah, I uh, I would say that's probably my highlight of the series so far is are the scenes like the war scenes like showing them out there with the like in the Clone Wars and yeah. the di the dialogue between them and everything. Uh, Anakin the CGI on Anakin's face didn't look great, but like I I still I still kind of enjoyed that part and like definitely the cinematography behind it. I think I do think the um the little like shots uh, where he's like heading off into the uh the like fog and they do like the little like switch over are are kind of neat they i don't know they they might be a little corny they i was going <laughs> to say like they're really on that line of it's going to be up to like how you personally take it for if you think that's cool or if you think that's like over the top yeah um cuz it flashes between him and vader right yeah yep um I also liked kind of your point there, how they shot those um, with like the sand and it being kind of foggy and it's meant to be memory and you get that feeling from how they composed the shots and how they used the, there's no hard edges or horizons or anything like this is a mm -hmm. little screenshot of memory basically. Yeah. And you actually do get character growth for ahsoka in that you see like yeah when she starts the war and she's young and naive and then you see her at the battle of mandalore and mm -hmm. anakin's like i don't remember this i don't think i was here and she's yeah. like no we'd already gone our separate parted. ways yeah we'd already point. parted ways yeah um are i do also want to know do you are do you know who the actress is who plays young ahsoka i don't know who it is but I um saw something about she it. Oh, she uh, is the like the daughter, the the young girl from the Barbie movie. Oh, is it really? Yeah, yeah it's the same actress. Yeah. So yeah, I just saw that was interesting. I actually just saw that while we were recording. I was I, I, the, the thing popped up. I mean, I didn't. Um, think she wasn't bad in the Barbie movie. I, I, she definitely wasn't yeah. bad in this episode. Yeah. Um Her. The dialogue that's given to her in the Barbie movie is atrocious, but yeah, her acting yeah. is fine. Yeah. Um, her acting in this, I think, was good. 
that scene mm -hmm. where you see all the clones running off and you actually see Rex running off. Um, and she stands there, hooks her lightsaber and then folds her arm and just like watches. Uh, mm -hmm. that's, that's a pretty good scene. Um, but then they close out the episode of like 10 minutes of filler. Like, oh, the, sh the, the fucking fleet showing up and you're going to need Ahsoka to yeah. testify in your court martial. And then, yeah, listen, I thought, I thought the, the whale shit was so fucking stupid. Have you watched Rebels? <laughs> no, no. All right. Do they do, do they do something similar in there? There's, I mean, the the Pergil, I believe they're called, are like a pretty major plot point towards the end uh, of Rebels. Fair. Um, they, I don't think they fucking told you this in the show whatsoever, but like at the end of Rebels, uh, Ezra and Thrawn are on the deck of a Star Destroyer and the Pergil essentially shoot them off. <laughs> like, they hyperspeed off into the middle of nowhere, right? And that's what Ezra's sacrifice is. I think it's a, a major fucking hang-up of the show that they haven't told you that yet. Because yeah. it's not like it's hidden knowledge or something. It's just like, oh, mm. if you don't know that, you didn't do your homework, right? So you're, like, getting less out of this. Because a lot of people are going to see the the space whales and they're gonna be like this is stupid yeah I, I think that's another aspect of like the animated show that does not translate well to the live action yeah um Ahsoka being like oh we'll put our trust in the force and we'll just like shoot off with them I think that's fine um, if you have the backstory about the Pergil, then you're like, yeah, of course they would go there. That's their fucking, I mean, they were going off that way with Thrawn and Ezra. So like, of course they would go there with Ahsoka now, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just think that like another aspect of the show is that their cliffhangers aren't really cliffhangers. Like you know she's not going to go to the middle of nowhere. You know she's going to show up where Thrawn and Ezra are. Because otherwise, there's no fucking point to this. <laughs> yeah. In the same way that Sabine getting run through by a lightsaber at the end of episode one is like, they're not going to fucking kill Sabine here. You know? Uh, I, I just, where... Where's the dismemberment? Yeah, I mean, good question, honestly. Well, because in that same episode four right uh they show lightsabers going through trees and rocks like they're butter right yeah and you're gonna tell me that like oh if you stab a person they stay standing and the lightsaber doesn't like fucking move around or anything yeah. like if it's an inanimate object a lightsaber functions how it's supposed to but for some reason in Disney Star Wars, if it's a human being, it becomes nothing more than a dueling foil. Yeah. We've seen no one's hands get taken off. No one's fucking legs get taken off. But we've seen character after character after character in these shows get stabbed and live. Yeah. And at this point, you know, like, oh, a named character got stabbed with a lightsaber. They're still alive. 
at least in the TV shows, because uh, our boy Han Solo got ran through, and that fucking ended him, rightly. So, yeah. Um, not that he should have even died there, but yeah, no, it's uh, this. <laughs> I just I was watching the series and i'm just like this is kind of like boring and uninspired as we were talking and this is this goes back to what we we're talking about with disney and how the stock is so low and i'm just like it's because everything they release feels very boring and uninspired and unoriginal yeah um like even star wars you somehow managed to uh, make star wars feel so fucking boring and unoriginal yeah like think about that an action adventure sci-fi fantasy story that you have made boring. Yeah. Like I told you this, but I've been watching through Stargate SG one, which I kind of want to talk about after this, uh, just because it's so good and it pays homage to the movie. It takes place in the same universe as the movie. So it's not like they're pretending like it didn't happen or something. Uh, mm -hmm. the characters, feel true to the characters that were in the movie. Uh, there's also legitimate character growth through the season. Like, I think I'm 15, maybe 16 episodes in. Yeah. But Shelby and I have been watching that every day, and both of us are looking forward to watching it every day. Nice. Um, I haven't started it yet. Um, it's on my list. Yeah. Um, like, I've had... It's not perfect. It's a serialized science fiction show from the 90s, but... yeah. Everything that's like campy in that you can easily forgive it because the show itself is so good. Like the writing, the plots are so good. Mm -hmm. Um, I was telling Shelby, I was like, we're watching this episode, and <laughs> they show up in this like Greek kind of place. Uh, mm -hmm. they're told that every man has a hundred days of bliss. And they think that there's like a hundred day festival, but no, it's the fact that people on this planet where they've shown up only live for 100 days. Oh, so a shit. baby that they help give birth to on day one by like day three or four is like a four year old child. Jeez. Um, now on top of that, O'Neill starts aging very rapidly after he spends the night with one of the women on this planet. Mm -hmm. um, and it's essentially implied that he got an STD that's making him age very, very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and then you find out that it's not just the disease, it's nanotechnology. So you're, uh, like shit. every time you start to get a grasp of what the fuck is going on, they flip the fucking table on you. And like almost every episode is written on like on that level where you're like you're trying to figure out what's happening and they're constantly subverting your expectations in the best way possible. Like mm -hmm. whenever people talk about like, oh, subversion of expectation is like what makes stories good in Stargate SG-1, what they're doing there, playing within the rules of the world that they've created, uh, paying homage to what's come before, being true to the characters, being true to the world creates a story that you want to invest in yeah and you get invested in yeah um no i uh it's on my list i'm ready to start it uh we we have been 
watching the boys right now because uh, Casey's never seen it. But um, we always have like a couple different shows going, and we finished Silicon Valley, so yeah, we might throw a we might throw Stargate into the loop. Yeah, I mean, I really like it. There's a point where James Earl Jones voices one of the characters. Oh hell yeah! Um, also, it's so refreshing to have a show that like unapologetically are like look at all these beautiful women and you're like okay (laughs) because i mean raw is the major villain of the movie we talked about that Mm -hmm. but uh spoiler alert like they bring in a lot of the other gods and there's this one i think hashut I mean, she looks like Anna Darmus almost for like most of her scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Just mm. incredibly attractive women. And like, I think, I mean, I never know what to think of men, but uh, Shelby tells me we started the first episode and she was like, oh, the scientist is way hotter. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, wait, like better than James Spader who played uh what's his name? Daniel? Daniel Jackson in the movie? She's like, oh yeah. Way better. <laughs> <laughs> um God dude and uh oh fuck, who plays Teal'c? T E A L apostrophe C Teal'c is portrayed by Christopher Judge. If you don't know who he is, uh, he's done, like, a bunch of voice acting. Mm-hmm. Um, his character in this show makes me laugh more than, like, anyone else's character because he's just, like, the straight man for most of, like, the jokes. Uh, he's also, like, the fish-out-of-water character because he was a servant of these, you know, false gods who turns on them and joins the Stargate command. Um, yeah. Actually joins the SG one group. Um, God, dude, he's so funny. Yeah. Oh, I'll start that. I, I, again, loved Stargate, the movie. I think um, we talked about it. Casey and I are going to watch that because she hasn't seen it. We're going to watch the movie and then go into the series after that mm. yeah I mean I would recommend anyone like watch Stargate if you like the movie you will most likely like the show yeah you'll there will be like I think the first episode maybe is a little bit of an adjustment to adjust from like a movie to a serialized TV show but once mm. you're in you're in man and it it's stayed good so far yeah and knowing that there's like 10 seasons of this, I'm like, oh, great. I've got like TV to watch for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just good. Um, to take us back to Ahsoka, though, um, we're five episodes in. It's an eight-episode season. I'm thinking 
that we probably won't see Thrawn until the end of the seventh episode. And he might feature in the eighth episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll probably see Ezra next episode. I don't know, though. I haven't heard yeah. any rumors about the next episode. I did hear rumors about five before five came out. Um, <clears throat> and it basically said, yeah, Anakin shows up and then he like takes her through a couple different little dream kind of things and like trains her. And, uh, specifically you see the siege of Mandalore and I mean, that's what happened. So it seems like the rumors I've been hearing have been accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't heard anything about the next episode, but yeah, I've got a couple of friends that I've talked to about this now. Um, our friend Nolan, uh, talk to him. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of the same complaints I did about actually that you did as well about like, why are they trying so hard to make you like Sabine? They're like trying so hard to push that she's like an edgy, like punky kind of character. And it just comes across like kind of cringy when you first meet her. Um, I've talked to people that I work with now and they're like, yeah, Sabine's character fucking sucks in this show. Like it's been 13 to 15 years since Rebels and she if anything has gone back on character growth rather than like continued to turn into like a fully fleshed out person. Um, I have another friend who just, I mean, I think he's just been, I brought him up before. He's like, uh, kind of a, I like everything Star Wars kind of guy. Yeah. Um, is, this, is this someone I know? Yeah, it'd be Lex. Okay, yeah. He. I, I, so from our conversations with him, I, that's that is what I got. Um, whatever we've like sat and talked to them about it. Yeah. Like, I just don't have. I don't have that switch to like turn off the the critical aspect of me to be like is this show good or bad like would i recommend this to someone else and like as of right now i wouldn't because i'm like dude you gotta get through four episodes before you start getting to like some actual stuff happening yeah um because there's just like so many really bad cliffhangers sabine getting stabbed bad cliffhanger uh i don't even remember how episode two ended um, how did episode two end? Yeah, I don't. What did know. they do? Uh oh oh, it ends with um, that's when they go to Corellia, and oh, and Min is the villain there. We don't even talk about that. How on yeah. the nose is that? The inept, uh, factory dude. His name is just Min. Min. Even if you spell it M Y N. Yeah, um, yeah. It, I think it ended. That one ended with like the they got the transport to the eye of the the eye of Sion or whatever the fuck they call it. Yeah. Um, and I think she asks, um, 
Balin, like, oh, what, how do you feel about Ahsoka or whatever? Oh, yeah, she, like, tells him to kill her or something like that. Yeah. The, the witch, the Dathomiri witch, who doesn't look like any other Dathomiri witch we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, tells Balin to kill her or, like, how he would feel about killing her. And mm-hmm. he essentially, he just says, like, some cold-ass shit, like there's already so it'll be a tragedy because there's already so few jedi Jedi, yeah yeah which actually gives him a lot of depth like that does yeah i felt that yeah um Um, i feel like they they give him a lot of depth in general talking with with him like making his comments about anakin very clearly this guy was a jedi who dipped out during i guess shortly after the clone wars um so yeah i mean i feel like in general they do give him a lot of depth with like those comp just like those comments and stuff he makes yeah like when he uh breaks her out of jail and what does she say like you're quite competent or something like that something along those lines and he's like yeah you pay me a lot of money to be (laughs) (laughs) yeah um it's like this idea of like a mercenary ex-Jedi, dark Jedi kind of guy is interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it even kind of harkens back to the Thrawn trilogy from back in the 90s because there's a a guy who's called a dark Jedi because it was before Sith was a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I I still don't really remember how episode two ends. Episode e- three ends with them on the planet Sinos or whatever it's called. <clears throat> and Balon goes to the droids and alien guys. He's like, they're in the forest, go find them. And you're like, what a weak cliffhanger. So then episode four ends with Ahsoka getting swiped off the freaking cliff. And you're like... Yeah. I legitimately, when I watched that, I turned to Shelby and I went, oh no, they killed Ahsoka off in episode four of the show titled Ahsoka. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure she just looked at me and I was like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, they just do like cliffhangers so poorly. I don't understand why they even yeah. try to do them at all. Well, that was the same with their them doing the stupid like, oh hey, she's in the world in between, and here's Anakin cliffhanger. Yeah, that was that was episode four. Yeah. Yeah. Trash. Then episode five ends with them hopping in a whale mouth, going Jonah style, and shooting off into the woods. Yeah. The space woods. The, the space woods. <laughs> Yeah, okay. so that's what people do, right? Like Jonah hopped in the mouth of the whale, and then he went off into the woods. Yep. I read the Bible one time. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like the show would have been better in animation. Yeah, I, I agree. wish they'd stop doing the 3D animation and just commit I, to doing like an, an anime style animation. It's it's funny you make that comment because I had that exact thought as I was watching it. 
is just like, yeah, why are we not just doing more animation Star Wars? Yeah. I don't know. Because then, like, every time they bring out a new season of The Bad Batch, you get this, like, tiny vocal community going, they're whitewashing the clones. And you're like, no, they're not, man. Shut up, dude. I'm just, like, so sick of the internet. Yeah. Sick of it all. Like, very clearly, the Bad Batch are meant to be an homage to, like, 80s action movies. Mm -hmm. But then, rather than, like, sticking with that theme, they've, like, turned it into this, like, kind of like everything else in the the post-Order 66 timeline, which is like, oh, we have to hide and not uh, get found by the Empire. And... Like, we've seen it so many times, and it's just like, I'm so tired of it. Yeah. They refuse to leave this, this like, section of timeline, which is like, oh, people really like the original trilogy, and uh, we've had some fans that really like the animated stuff, so, like, let's just keep putting things within, like, the end of the sequels and the beginning of... Uh, the end of the sequels, sorry, the, the end of the prequels and the beginning of the sequels, right? They're like mm -hmm. stuck in that window of time. It's like post-Clone Wars to like pre-Resistance nonsense. Yeah. Um, it's just boring at this point. We've seen it so many times. They're not doing any new stories really. Mm -hmm. Uh. I think setting up all of this stuff for a Thrawn movie with characters that straight up people aren't watching these Disney Plus shows on the levels that you would need to have global success from a movie. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a bad idea. I think they're fucking up. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, like we were talking about, there's no like dismemberments with lightsabers or anything. You don't see any like, like if you're going to have a spooky ghost guy, just like, whoa, whenever you fucking slash him with a lightsaber, just take his damn helmet off, cut yeah. his head off. There's nothing there. And then he wisps up out of the ar armor and disappears. Cause he's a little fucking spooky ghost cloud boy. <laughs> like, what is the point of just slashing him across the chest? And seeing that it didn't go through his armor because it's got the glowing streak on his armor. So like it didn't go through. Yeah. Why did he die? Yeah. It's, it's just trash. Yeah. Uh, this is why, this is why Disney stock is so low. Star Wars, it, it, they've turned Star Wars into garbage tier sci-fi junk. I'm more looking forward to uh, who the 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 uh, Rebel Moon. Yeah, I mean, straight up, I don't think Rebel Moon's going to be perfect, but I think it's going to be more interested in telling its own story than like what these Disney plus shows are doing. Yeah. I agree. 
that's kind of it though that's all i got for ahsoka yeah i think that's that's all i got like i think the last two episodes have built some momentum but yeah. somehow they always shoot themselves in the foot so i'm like wondering if these next three episodes are actually going to be worth it yeah is Ezra, Ezra Bridger making a return? And then is he going to get his own series? Good question. Um, I also don't know how I feel about the guy who's portraying Ezra because... Yeah, I, I felt the same way when I saw the little like hologram of him. and I was like, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. Something about it. Um... Also, no, they won't give us an Ezra Bridger series because you have to understand something, Andrew. The Force is female. <laughs> the Force is female, and he is not. Uh, we didn't even talk about Sabine being the wrong person to be getting trained as a Jedi by Ahsoka. Yeah. Why is Jason not being trained by Ahsoka? Yeah. Because, like, uh, everyone apparently because, knows that he's Force-sensitive. Yeah, do you know why he's not getting trained as a Jedi? Because he's a boy. Because the Force is female. Because he's a dirty little half-breed tweet. Uh, I'm, I, I can't lie. I, that is one thing I did think while watching this series. It's like, I, I, I don't, something if about this series. Why does he only look like a human? No, that's, that's not what I thought. Oh, you know, I did have that, I did have that thought. When he's calling, when he's calling uh, General Cake's mom, um, <laughs> I was like, "This he just he literally just looks like a human child." Yeah, I don't understand. Um, I didn't even notice that he had green hair for like his first two or three scenes that I saw him in. Yeah, it took me it took me a little while to notice that. Um, but no, the the one thing I I felt like with this series so far as i feel like the force is female it feels like it's being shoved down my throat a little bit more in this series and maybe that's just because i haven't watched like i watched like a couple episodes of kenobi and before that i haven't really watched like i watched like the mandalorian and that was it so like i i don't think i've really watched any of these series since they started like ramping that whole thing up and like doing a whole bunch of i mean like I, way, yeah i watched the know? sequel movies that Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Ewan McGregor are married? No, I didn't know that, but fuck yeah. Yeah. I ship it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I ship it. I'm sorry, I got this track. What were you saying? Uh, no, I was just saying, like, I, I... Yeah, I just feel like the whole Forces Female thing is being shoved down my throat a little bit more in this, and again, maybe it's because I haven't watched a series or anything... Uh, really of the new age yeah, i have watched like the sequels and stuff but i don't know it just it it yeah uh, something about it the series just felt like it's like yeah i get it it's surrounding ahsoka but it's like you really have like one actual like male cast member in in uh balen skull well you've also got david tennant playing hu yang and that's fair. I mentioned to one of my coworkers, I was like, it's kind of sad when the droid has more gravitas than the two female leads. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I don't know. I, it, it, my thing is like, it, it just doesn't feel 
it doesn't feel like naturally it doesn't like flow it feels like like it's so it, it feels so apparent to me that this is like being forced that they're like they're pushing this so i i don't know yeah i'm, I'm not really sure because like on the one hand i'm like i don't have any issue with having more like women force users in yeah. star wars i've got no, no I don't. issue with that yeah but i don't either comes at like making every male character come across as inept yeah like it's really frustrating yeah that's that's how i felt with it. I, yeah no i have no issue with the representation i have no issue with them doing an ahsoka series but it's just like I don't know. It, I mean, it 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 just felt obvious to me that it's just like yeah, you casted like all the main parts to be uh, women. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah, like you have Ray Stevenson, who's great. He's yeah. he actually is the highlight of this entire thing, and I'm just like, why can we like, get more of that? They don't do anything with him, which is so frustrating, right? And you know that he's dead now, so mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I don't even have a second season to look forward to with him being in it. Like yeah. He's got to be either killed off or written out at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, and then what do you have? You've got Shin, which I think, think they can do good with her. Mm -hmm. It just takes a matter of like portraying her in a more competent way. Yeah. I mean, that's the issue with Sabine as well. Is that like Sabine is like a 30-something-year-old woman. She should be a competent individual. Mm -hmm. And, like, she's losing her freaking blaster energy cells. Uh, she's making bad decisions. She's running away from responsibility constantly. Uh, she's, for some reason, being trained as a Jedi, despite the fact that she's shown zero aptitude for using the Force. Mm -hmm. Um... It's just, it's a lot of really weird decisions on production side. Yeah. Um, I want to like it. I want to be excited when I see Hayden Christensen show up playing Anakin. Um, I want to be excited when I see that they actually decided to devote an episode to Ahsoka after five episodes in a show titled Ahsoka. Um, those are the things that I was excited for with this last episode. But I think this next episode is going to be filler, honestly. I don't think anything important is going to re really happen apart from them showing up there. Yeah. Um, I am I am really curious to see where it goes now. Yeah. And then, as well, like, the run times of these episodes have been so inconsistent that it almost feels like they wanted to make a two and a half hour movie out of this, but then had to fill the time to make eight episodes. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just. So here, here's my thing. I think I, I think I brought this up to Casey. Cause like when I, I was, I watched most of it at, or I watched like the first two episodes at work. Then I came home and finished the last two episodes and like, uh, she was sitting with me when I like booted it up and started watching, and I was, I was just like, I think I like sighed at one point, and she's like, she's like, what? And I was just like, 
there there just feels like there's so much filler and so much nonsense of this and here's here's my thing when you get down to the runtime a lot of these episodes are about 30 minute runtime there's a couple that are longer and it's like why could you not take this and condense it down to a fucking movie yeah i mean legitimately yeah it probably would i mean there are people who make fan edits of uh apparently there's a pretty good fan edit of the kenobi show that has condensed it down into a movie's runtime and it's actually half decent mm -hmm. and once this show is completely out you will undoubtedly see people do that with this show and it will be a better version of what this show was supposed to be yeah so like it's it's the edit man like cut the dead air get things happening or else no one's gonna be interested in it mm -hmm. and i think that's the issue right now yeah feels that way because like i want to like star wars you know like i don't want to be angry about star wars mm -hmm. i've loved it for most of my life i still love certain aspects of it everything they're giving us now though is like it almost feels spiteful to me you know yeah to the kind of fan that i am yeah they're like, we don't care that you liked what came before. We're doing our own thing now. Stay on the ship or fucking drown for all we care, you know? Not realizing yep. that their boat is filling up with water. It's like, if we don't, if you don't work with your fans to start making something that they want and that they want to watch, it's going to drown. <laughs> You're going yep. to drown. Because ultimately, the audience can go elsewhere. Yeah. The studio needs to get their shit together. Yeah. I just, dude, they're... I don't know. I, I, this makes me realize why I kind of departed from watching any Star Wars. So, it, yeah. It, I don't know. I think it, it definitely... It, it definitely brought me back to like, oh, this is why I jumped into Kenobi, watched a couple episodes, and went, yeah, this is brash. Yeah, because they don't respect your favorite characters. Yeah, which Obi-Wan is my favorite character, and I still have not picked back up that, that I mean, show. I was listening to uh, Bone Bridger today, another YouTube guy. Mm -hmm. uh, him and three other guys were reviewing this latest episode of Ahsoka, and one of the guys was basically saying the same stuff I am. Like, I've been a lifelong Star Wars fan. I'll, I'll probably always watch the Star Wars stuff that comes out. But, mm -hmm. like, they're, they don't like me for some reason. And I, I do not know why. Yeah. Like, if I post it on fucking Twitter or something like, yeah, I'm really disappointed about the direction of Star Wars. There's a good chance that fucking Pablo Hidalgo would, like, make fun of me for it, you know? Mm -hmm. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Uh, Pablo Hidalgo, for those who aren't familiar, is... Um, 
think he's the guy who's in charge of like the lore now. <laughs> Jeez. He's the one that whenever Star Wars Theory was crying because he was so happy that Luke showed up in the end of Mandalorian season two, Pablo Hidalgo was the one who said like, your feelings aren't for sharing or something like that. And it was like some really weird nonsense that he eventually had to like go in and delete the tweet. And then, which is funny to me because it's like, dude, you're a public figure. Don't say stupid shit and stop shitting on your fans. Yeah. Like, I don't think that they get that the people they're trying to appeal to aren't the ones who watch Star Wars. Mm-hmm. No, I feel like they're, yeah, I don't know. It feels like they're trying to bring so many new people in or like trying to like switch up the audience. Or I, I don't know. It, they're trying to appeal to a broad audience versus like giving the fans what they want and keeping their loyal fan base. Which is weird, right? Because Star Wars appealed to so many people. Yeah, it's already one of the biggest franchises in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, The Force Awakens probably made $2 billion off of just the Star Wars name. Yeah. $2 billion. That's a lot of money. Yeah. But, huh? That's all I got. Yeah, me too. Well. Um. Yeah. You got more movies on your list for next week? Fuck. I don't think I really do. Uh, oh, I could take shit. Equilibrium off. could take Future World off. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't really. I feel like there was I feel like there was a series or something I wanted to watch. Not to remember and then go back. Let me let me think about it. We can we'll we'll call it we'll call it at some other point what we're what movies we're going to do. If you think of some good ones, you can let me know. Yeah. But I feel like I had like a movie or two I was thinking about already. Yeah, I don't I, know. I just what else would really uh like what do we do now because we watched um john carpenter kurt russell this week was just like a couple of uh movies we hadn't gotten to yeah and then i don't know i haven't really been like craving anything i kind of want to watch uh dread again that Judge Dredd movie from like 10 years ago. Yeah. I don't know what else though. Oh, I, I know what I was thinking of earlier that we should watch. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie, Mandy. I don't think I have. Is that the one with Nicholas Cage? Yeah, it is a great movie. Um, I want to do that one. I I've been meaning to rewatch it. I'm pretty sure it's streaming free on a couple different platforms. Um, but yeah, I I think as far as like cinematography goes, I I love the way that was shot and kind of like the atmosphere they brought to it. It is very like, I mean, it's very over the top. Well, if we it, just came in hot next week with like two or three Nicolas Cage movies, you know what? Fuck it, let's do it. Let's do. Let's it. do what else? Has, what else? We'll, uh, some random. we'll talk. 
off the pod about okay. which ones, and we'll just surprise I like whoever it. listens to this dang old thing. <laughs> I like it. Oh, I think I've got another one. All right, but yes, if you have made it this far, thank you for listening. As always, thank we you to you. thank you to Carl Casey at White Bat Audio for the music. Yes. We love you. Drink your water. Eat your veggies. Subscribe to the Patreon and buy our merch. And, uh... Um... <laughs> uh, be back next week when we talk about which other aliens we want to do French kissing with. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>